This is Messenger Insight, a podcast program brought to you by Oklahoma Baptists and the Baptist Messenger. Welcome to the Insight Podcast. I'm Chris Forbes. Today we're talking to Doug Matlock. We're going to be talking about getting the most out of your small groups this fall. Uh, Fall's here. A lot of churches are ramping back up with their small groups or putting an extra emphasis on them. And so we wanted to uh, kind of talk about that topic. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hey, uh, Doug, can you tell a little bit about you, you know, like what's your role mm-hmm. here with Oklahoma Baptists and everything? Sure, sure. Um, well, I joined the team in January Yeah, on the Discipleship and Small Groups Ministry Partner, mm-hmm. and uh, I work with um, – Small groups is a, is, a, is a pretty broad term. It doesn't just mean uh, the, the ministry of small groups that some churches use. Right. Um, it really encompasses any kind of group that meets uh, like Sunday school or mm-hmm. quote-unquote small groups. Some mm-hmm. people call them life groups or connection groups, community groups. Yeah. Um, but really it involves all of that. So I work with Sunday school ministries. I work with small group ministries. And then also anything in related to discipleship, whether that be um, – you know, discipleship groups that meet mm-hmm. or uh, strategies for mm-hmm. churches, leaders in churches that either um, staff members that focus on discipleship or uh, volunteer leaders who coordinate Sunday school, like volunteer Sunday school directors, mm-hmm. which a lot of our churches in Oklahoma have. And um, and so really just focus on those efforts. That's, that's my role and mm-hmm. um, partnering with uh, our associations, our churches, again, our leaders throughout those churches, mm-hmm. and um, any of our entities in Oklahoma, too, that that uh, have a hand in helping shape the life of the believer, you know, spiritual formation. Right. Discipleship is very broad, but yeah. um, just at least in my first few months here, it's been focused on small group ministry, Sunday school ministry, and what I can do to connect with churches and help them in that. And, and you came out of the, the local church context. Talk about that. Where 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 has your ministry come from as yeah, you've done this? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so I, um, I started in the ministry really in 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in college uh, at East Central in Ada, mm-hmm. and um, First Baptist Church of Allen asked me to come be their youth and children's minister, and so I did that. Um, uh, right about the time I got married to my wife, Courtney, mm-hmm. who is just amazing and such a blessing, and that was about... 19 years ago, almost, um, but started there for a few years. I was in college, served there, mm-hmm. then went to First Baptist Ada to serve after I graduated college as their college and media mm-hmm. pastor. That was in uh, 05 and served there till 11. And then I moved to Chickasha yeah. and went to First Baptist Chickasha from there. They called me to be their minister of education and outreach. Okay. So that was really my first, um, first uh, st- stepping into the role of discipleship and education ministry, Sunday school ministry um, from a church-wide perspective. I'd served in youth and college ministries and mm-hmm. even some with singles ministry and then the multimedia side of things mm-hmm. prior to that point. But um, in the summer of 11, started there and then eventually took on worship ministry too at the church. Mm-hmm. And You're led, also a musician. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. Um, and had been leading worship for a long time mm-hmm. up to that point, but um, officially took that on as a, a – as a leadership position at Chickasha, uh, partway through my time there. But, um, you know, served there in Chickasha, led Sunday school ministries for all ages, um, 
worked with our leaders there, worked with our staff members who were also like our youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always had a youth pastor on staff there. And then part of the time we had a children's pastor too. And so I uh, worked with those guys on coordinating mm-hmm. efforts across the spectrum as far as ages goes. And then um, also worked with our discipleship efforts uh, outside of Sunday school. So any kind of small group studies that we would do on Wednesdays or Sunday nights, right. some home group things that mm-hmm. we did along the way. Um, and of course, worked with the pastor, you know, in developing those strategies to mm-hmm. during my time there, which was uh, Michael Butler at the time. Very good. Yeah. Very good. So you have quite a quite a background, and then you come here to Oklahoma Baptist and serving uh, churches ar- around the state. Mm-hmm. There's a variety. You have a great background with a variety of ministry experiences. Uh, what are some things you're seeing, like trends in uh, Sunday school and small groups? What What's it like? What's the lay of the land? Yeah. Of, you know, across our population of churches? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I've been working hard, too, especially these first 10 months on the ground, just trying to get out and meet people and get an idea of where we are mm-hmm. across across the board and across Oklahoma. Um, many of our churches are are what we might consider to be traditional in their approach to Sunday school mm-hmm. uh, and small groups in that way. They have a Sunday school hour. You know, they have a building that allows them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they use traditional methods like curriculum and, and mm-hmm. age divisions and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but many of our churches in that context have gone through what so many have gone through with the past couple of years and and the effects of of COVID upon you know ministry and uh, but also the effects of just um, really the past decade or two where discipleship in Sunday school has kind of taken a back seat as far as the investment and the attention from the church um, just. just uh, leadership perspective. That, that there's there's been a lot of uh, attention given to the worship service, mm-hmm. to um, some of the more um, the the bigger things that we do. Right. The the things that you know garner a lot of attention. Yeah. Uh, the things that involve a lot of people, um, and um, especially when you know when 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 COVID hit, we all had to close our doors for a few months. Almost everyone that could went online with the service. And so yeah. even more attention and effort was put into how do we get the right technology to getting our church on Facebook Live or YouTube or right. whatever it might be. And so um, all of that just helped. It, it's, it's, it's put a, um, a strain on Sunday school or a strain on small groups in our, mm-hmm. tr- in our churches that have been doing that ministry for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm seeing is is this um, there's there's a fatigue there's there's a discouragement mm-hmm. um, there is um, uh, obviously a lack of attendance you know they're struggling numbers wise they're struggling just um, with leaders mm-hmm. even um, there, it's it's just been it, it's been difficult for so many and um, as I meet with church leaders or associational leaders um, I I'm, I'm seeing this. This desire for training or encouragement mm-hmm. or whatever they can find to help breathe life back into it. Yeah, and and really what, what I'm what, what what I'm trying to communicate to these leaders, whether it be a pastor of a small church, mm-hmm. a Sunday school director in a small church who's a volunteer, or even uh, a staff member who's able to do that full time, mm-hmm. is that uh, God moves in big ways mm-hmm. through small groups. Yeah. 
We see that time and time again through Scripture. There are times that we see um, a large event, uh, like Pentecost, for instance, when, mm-hmm. when Peter preaches and there's 3,000 people that come to know the Lord that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but those events are, if you look at the comparison of how many times that takes place versus how much God moves through a small group, there's a vast difference. Mm-hmm. And God moves in the big ways through small groups. Yeah. And... Um, if we can start and believe that, if we can read the scripture, if we can see how God uses small groups of people, how he uses the efforts of our everyday lives to really do big things, that can start the um, just the process of us building into now a ministry that's going to uh, breathe life back into our churches. Now, now I've heard you talk before, and, and uh, this wasn't your phrase, but like uh, I was talking to you about how Sometimes there's kind of an emphasis where where the worship services become the emphasis, and it's almost like, you know, a rock concert and a TED talk, and mm-hmm. that's been like perceived as the front door of the church. Yeah. But in as churches are recalibrating their small groups, their Sunday school, uh, talk about how the church, how the small group can actually be the front door. Of the right, church. right, yeah. That's. Um, it, it's a thought that, that originated um, – I don't know when it actually originated, but it, it became something that was emphasized uh, a couple decades ago. There was some some books that came out saying that worship is the front door. That's how you're going to bring people into the church. Yeah. You've got to have this attractional service with you know the, the right kind of music uh-huh. and the right kind of lighting, the right kind of – Clothes that you wear as right. you you know preach the the message or, right. or the right kind of sermon style and and all these things and we really started to invest in 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 that we put our money there we put our personnel there we we put our time and our planning into that and you know I'm also a worship leader like you mentioned before and so I don't think any of that's unimportant I don't think that yeah. we should we should neglect a worship service or 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 or, or it should be something it's that not we, a competition between the ideas that complement each other. Right, yeah. right. But there, there there began to be an imbalance between the investment mm-hmm. there versus the small group and discipleship ministry of the right. church where we, we see now that, and what I truly believe is that that's the front door because if you think of a house or if you think of even like um, a storefront and you've got windows and doors, uh, the worship service is the window to the church. It's where people see what is going on inside the life of the church they can even maybe experience it through seeing the music or even singing the songs, hearing the sermon. But that's where it stops for most people. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's where most people want it to stop. They want to have an experience. They want to check off that spiritual checkbox of like, well, I've you know been to church this week. And they've even now they can watch it on their phone or a computer. Right. And, um, you know, just little tiny windows. But it's still yeah. a window. Right. But if you think of the front door, if you think of a door to a house, that's when people come in. And if they walk in, they're going to come sit on your couch. They're going to come sit at your table. That's where people really engage. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see this time and time again that when people engage in a small group at a church, when people get connected into the community of the church, that's when they've, that's when they've walked in the front door. And that's when they become a part of the church. Yeah. And honestly, that's how the church will grow and sustain long-term growth is by connecting people through small groups. Yeah, uh, you reminded me of an article I, I saw from Lifeway. It talks of, I can't remember the author. I think it was the CEO, but he was saying that small groups are probably the last thing a lot of guests want to get involved in, mm-hmm. but it's the 
main thing they need. They need to be engaged in a small group for that very reason, the community, the, the connection. Uh, but often uh, small groups can become closed, you know. Can you talk about that, how to, how to balance between, you know, this discipleship where you're taking people a little deeper right. but then also um, leaving them open enough so that they can uh, – new people can come and, and uh, you know, integrate with the group? Right, right. That that that's part of that that balance that um, that requires the investment. And mm-hmm. and like I mentioned before, there's been kind of that imbalance where we've invested a lot in this area of the worship service mm-hmm. and um, and given a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of time into planning that. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to working on the vision for what our groups are doing, our Sunday school classes or our small groups. Um, we spend less time on that. And that's really where, where I've seen a lot of uh, in our churches in Oklahoma is that there hasn't been a training done with our Sunday school teachers or our small group leaders for years now in right. some churches. Yeah. Um, and in some associations, uh, we've been going in, uh, the guys I work with, we've been going in to help revitalize training events there because there hasn't been Sunday school trainings in several years. Right. And so um, – you mentioned this closed versus open, right. you know, uh, idea or concept for small groups and um, approaching. You want your small group ministry to be open enough to where people can like walk in the door, right? To where uh, they can invite people to come and they they feel like they're they're not jumping into something that's totally foreign to them. Right. That they that they can be a part, um, but you also want to. In, you, you want to have a spiritual uh, development going on there too, so you have to provide yeah. a level of um, interaction with the Bible that takes people into right because it can't always all be introductory. Right, 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 <laughs> all the time. And so yeah. that that requires um, oversight. It requires mm-hmm. some, like I said, I use this word a lot: investment. It requires mm-hmm. someone investing in the leaders to make sure that. They have a balance of both. Either you utilize, you know, part of your time to be open mm-hmm. and inviting, and then you have um, you springboard from that into more uh, deeper and closed opportunities, or you just um, are really intentional about, you know, we're going to have serious Bible study, uh-huh. but a part of our time is going to be where we craft that Bible study in such a way that anyone can engage in it. So we're, 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 we're thinking of good questions to ask. Right. We're, we're, we're trying to make it not just informational, but transformational. So they're, right. they're learning. It's not just about the Bible. This is our relationship with God that we're talking about. Right. And um, it, it doesn't require a lot of investment as far as it doesn't require the, the you've got to have, you don't have to have a lot of training to do things like this. You don't have to have uh, a, a extensive educational background, mm-hmm. but it, it requires a heart for someone to do it and then someone to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where my heart has been, is how, right. how can I help n- not only the, the staff members who are doing this in churches, but how can I find um, uh, help for churches who have just a pastor, maybe a, uh, a multivocational pastor right. who only has so many hours to give? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we, um, from our team, help equip and encourage them mm-hmm. to engage in that ministry mm-hmm. where they can uh, invest in their, their group leaders. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so just just to come back around to your question, I think that there's just uh, – it takes a lot of investment that we've got to put into guiding that ministry. We, we, we can't expect it to live on autopilot because yeah. it has been. For many of our established churches who have Sunday school, it's a system 
that is very well organized Mm -hmm. can run on autopilot. But if that happens for too long, it just starts to break down eventually. And that's kind of where we're at, I think, if we go back to that. And that really kind of comes out of your approach to how you use the curriculum. I mean, there's different approaches. Like, so there's, you know, the standard Southern Baptist quarterly way, Mm -hmm. and then there's Mm -hmm. uh, book study or like literal, you know, trade books. And then there's also just uh, exegeting scriptures or spinning off of uh, like uh, discussion guides off of what the pastor's preaching. Can you talk about there's some pros and cons in all of those? Can you talk about you know how do you find that like as you're recalibrating your Sunday school, what's what are some of the uh, trapdoors and opportunities in those different ones? Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, so many of our churches use curriculum right. uh, primarily from Lifeway, and uh, w- which is great. It's a great option mm-hmm. because it provides a system with consistency mm-hmm. that. Um, Anyone can pick up at really any time and teach, and that, that's really the heart of where that came from. You know, there mm-hmm. was there was this, this desire to to put um, study the Bible into the hands of anybody, mm-hmm. and um, it's really great. However, the the I think the drawbacks to that is that there's there's a limit to where the material will go um, because uh, it's written from um, from a, a group of people that have to write it for an entire country, you know, and so they can only go so far with discussion questions, mm-hmm. and um, they can only go so far with the content of, of where they're connecting the Scripture to your context because they don't know the context right. of everyone who's reading it. So right. there's a little bit of back-end work that has to take place for a teacher or a leader to connect the curriculum to the class, mm-hmm. and, um, and so that takes a little bit of um, a little bit of time, a little bit of an investment on the, yeah. either the the from the teacher or from the Sunday school director or the or the minister, whoever is in charge of that, there takes some. There's some work to be done there. Yeah, with it can't be Saturday night special where you read the quarterly, yes. the teacher's guide, and then you go in on Sunday and right bring right. it on home. You really need to cultivate that. Y'all have some resources along those lines, right? We do. For, for we do. Uh, small group leaders, Sunday school leaders who are using curriculum, you have some videos and stuff. Can you talk about that? Sure, yeah. Um, um, my predecessor, Bob Mayfield, who was just a friend to us all, yeah. such a brilliant, yeah. brilliant man yeah, with a great heart. And um, back uh, in around 2014, uh, you know, he started a strategy for Sunday school called Reconnect. Mm-hmm. And with that, um, they started producing some videos mm-hmm. um, from Oklahoma Baptist leaders that would um, serve as a, kind of a commentary, yeah. uh, a, a leader help, a, a background um, video for Explore the Bible, which is one of LifeWay's curriculums, mm-hmm. and then Bible Studies for Life. Mm-hmm. And um, we still produce those videos. Uh, the, the team I work with, we still um, uh, produce those videos for both of those curriculum lines. Mm-hmm. Um We've used uh, and we still use o- OBU um, professors and leaders to help produce some of those videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, just this fall, uh, myself and Prophet Bailey, who I work with, mm-hmm. um, have taken the lead on one of those uh, series of videos mm-hmm. um, and are going to use that as kind of a highlight for Oklahoma Baptists, uh, both our staff and then our leaders around the state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, those are great videos in which we. We're not trying to teach the lesson for you, but we're trying to give you some some background to what's going on in the lesson. Mm-hmm. We're trying to um, ask some questions that get you thinking or your class thinking about how does it apply to us today, um, and even giving you some ideas for discussion questions or discussion activities to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's just a help. It's on our website. It's totally free. Yeah. Uh, some groups use it as a complement to what they're already doing in class. Some people use it just as a teacher prep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, it's a great resource, one that we feel very passionate about and spend a lot of time putting together, too. So um, we've covered a lot of uh, territory here. Uh, what are some, like, as if a pastor or a a uh, discipleship leader in their church is listening to this. What are some ways that you can help them as they, they're trying to get the most out of, their, out of their small group, their Sunday school? What are some ways that you here at Oklahoma Baptist are uh, partners for them? Right. That's well, and that, that's such a great question that um, my heart is to um, not have a one size fit all right. answer for anybody because that's not who we are as Oklahoma mm-hmm. Baptists, right? We, we are so diverse. Yeah. There's there's almost 1,800 churches across our state, which even our state, just if you look at our state on a map, it's not the same. Yeah. You know, the geography is different. The economies are different. Yeah. Um, the cultural landscapes are different. So mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's so much about, and that's the beauty of who we are. There's so much um, about us that, that as we are unified, we're also very different. And yeah. so um, we're here, me and my team, we're here to help. Um, church leaders, whether it be a pastor, like I said, volunteers, mm-hmm. associational association leaders, discover the pathways for them in discipleship. Mm-hmm. You mentioned curriculum. You know, mm-hmm. if curriculum is a, is a great option. Some churches love it, um, and some churches, even within that are uh, the church that are using curriculum, have teachers or classes that don't want to use curriculum. They want to use their own. Um, material. And so that's a great option too. So how can we make that work? What are some ways we can talk through that? Some small groups that meet because they don't have Sunday school space. Um, they don't have a budget for curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll use the sermon on Sundays as the main content and then then do discussion from that mm-hmm. in someone's home. How can we develop that further? Like w- what, what are ways that we can work with you mm-hmm. in order to make that work? And I... Um, I'm just available to meet with either if it's if it's a group of churches, which we love doing because mm-hmm. it helps kind of multiply our efforts, mm-hmm. um, or if it's um, uh, just a church that hasn't done training in a while, but they're wanting to get a rhythm started. Uh, we can come in and help do that. We can meet with you as a as a um, a church leader and talk through strategy, talk mm-hmm. through some of these things that we've mentioned with yeah. materials and right. group structure. Um, and, and honestly, I like to ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. uh, because I want to hear what you have to say about your church. I don't want you to think that I'm the expert coming in telling you how to do your job because, honestly, I'm not. Yeah, every context is different, so you can't know every context. But right. you can uh, give principles that could apply. And, and yeah. you don't even have to be a larger church. It could be any size church right. that you work with. Right, and yeah. yeah. And we meet uh, – you know, we've met with, with – um, Staff members, you know, during the day because they have that opportunity. But there's so many people that volunteer, either group leaders or Sunday school directors, even multivocational pastors. They have jobs during the day. So we've met at night uh, over dinner at an associational office or we've hosted events in the evenings or mm-hmm. Sunday afternoons. Um, uh, we want to make things fit for, for your context so that uh, you feel at ease where we are, mm-hmm. but also that – we want you to feel valued because we do value you. And mm-hmm. we want you to understand that we want to we want to meet you where you are mm-hmm. because um, that's where we're going to find the answers to what do I do next? What does our church need to do? Awesome. It's not going to be mm-hmm. from here coming out to you. It's going to be from me going to where you are, 
finding those answers together. Very good. How can someone get in touch with you if they are interested in learning more? The best way is to drop me an email. It's mm-hmm. uh, dmatlock, Doug Matlock, uh, at oklahomabaptist.org. And that's Matlock, like the TV show, M-A-T-L-O-C-K. Yeah. Um, you know, I know he's a fictional character, but uh, we have a lot of, you know, we're, I'm sure we're related in Probably, some Probably, yeah, fictionally related. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So, But no, that, that, that's really like the best way to get a hold of me. Drop me an email. You know, I've got it on my computer. I've got it on my phone. But um, uh, I've always got it, so I'm always able to, re- to respond, and we'll work out something to get together. Excellent, excellent. Anything else? I think that's about it okay. for now. Very good. And I want to thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, we have more like it at our website at baptistmessenger.com. Or search for us wherever you download podcasts. Just look for Baptist Messenger and you'll find us. And while you're at our website, baptistmessenger.com, be sure to subscribe to the print edition of our newspaper. It's free. and We mail it to your house, and there's always something in there you can't find online. Thanks again for joining us. God bless. This Messenger Insight has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. Visit us at baptistmessenger.com or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptists, advancing the gospel together.